This is How Did I Get This Far, a podcast tackling the basic skills and knowledge that we all completely missed learning. Soon enough, you'll stop having to ask yourself, how did I get this far? On this episode, wait, did a pro mixed martial arts fighter really recommend using my words for self-defense? It's time to find out, how did I defend myself this far? Today, we are getting a good kick in the pants that we all need to learn how to protect ourselves. Arming us with knowledge is my guest, Chelsea Cayenne Lagrasse. She is a professional MMA fighter as well as a coach in fitness, nutrition, and self-defense. She offers a monthly at-home workout called Train Like a Fighter using real techniques in martial arts. And she also has a TikTok account showcasing self-defense techniques to nearly 300,000 followers. Chelsea, you are a force to be reckoned with and welcome to the podcast. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming me. And I appreciate that. Of course. So being an MMA fighter, I mean, that is super cool. How did you transition from that into helping educate people on self-defense? Uh, so I've been a personal trainer for uh, a little over 10 years. And so I was already doing personal training before I started doing martial arts. And so it was kind of a natural transition for me after I felt like I had learned enough to start sharing my knowledge with other people too, and incorporating that into my coaching and my personal training. Um, and I just found that people really enjoyed that style of workout, even if they don't necessarily want to be fighters, they just enjoy a different, a different exercise and getting that stress relief out and building confidence in themselves. Fantastic. That's super cool. I think this will be super fun. I'm very interested in all of that. I uh, definitely don't think that I can do anything close to an MMA fighter level <laughs> work, but I'd definitely like to know how to at least feel like one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So we're going to go into the game. We're going to do Mythbusters. I have a few different common but not necessarily verified statements on this topic, and you'll just confirm if it's true or maybe where it's coming from. Okay. All right. The first one. The proper way to make a fist is actually to curl your fingers in not like just closing them. Is that correct? What's the right way to make a fist? Uh, yeah. So you want to, you want to curl your fingers all the way in and you also want to tuck your thumb in too. But oh I gosh. always encourage people um, to use open palm strikes for self-defense because typically in a street fight self-defense situation, you're not going to have gloves on to protect your hands. So it's best to use open palms anyway. Okay, so if, if there is, because normally I'm sure if there's a moment you're trying to protect yourself, there's a good chance you don't have those gloves on. So you're saying it's better to use that squishy part under your thumb that's stronger or safer than a fist. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It'll be just as strong as a closed fist punch, but it will keep you safe and prevent you from breaking your fingers or your hand. Okay. To me, that kind of feels like, hey, look at my manicure as I punch you, but um, I'm into it. Yeah, that, that's a good way to think of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, my next one. This, uh, this is a kind of a interesting word, one for me to say out loud, but is the crotch really the most vulnerable spot on a body to aim for? Uh, for a man, yes. Yeah, I would say it's one of the most uh, vulnerable spots. The throat is also really vulnerable, the nose, the eyes, mm. um, but the, the groin is, is always a good one. Oh, the groin. I probably should have said groin instead of crotch. <laughs> hey, we know what you meant. Right? Okay, good. Okay, the next one. Is your elbow really the best part of your body to use as a tool? I've heard that's like your strongest spot. Is that true? Yeah, actually, I love using elbows for self-defense because your elbow is the pointiest part of your body and you can really do a lot of damage with that and it really doesn't do any damage to yourself. Mm. Plus, you can use elbows from all different angles, from the side, from behind, from the front. 
Okay, cool. Is there is there a there a wrong way to use it? Like how we mentioned with the fist, or it's kind of like you got this. Like just go for it with the elbow. Yeah, the elbow is really anything goes with that. Any way you can hit them with that pointy part, you know, that's the key is getting the pointy part of the elbow and not not using the forearm. Perfect. All right, and my last one: if you're being attacked, you should scream fire. I would say no on that. I mean. You, screaming in general is, is good. If you're screaming and you're yelling, you're probably going to get people's attention, but I would just scream for help. Um, okay. you know, saying fire and not, it's not necessarily going to make people may, pay attention to you more in my opinion. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. I think that's a great start. I got plenty more questions for you. We'll rewind to the beginning. Uh, I also kind of want to touch on different self-defense tools because you always hear about people having mace or pepper spray and maybe some other like different types of keychains and things like that. So I'd love to get your insight on that. What are some of the major, most common different tools and what are your thoughts on them? So the number one tool that I always recommend is either pepper gel or pepper spray, which both are really similar. The pepper gel is just more concentrated and it can actually eject 20% further than the pepper spray can. So you can hit the attacker from a further distance and it's, you know, if you're using it in an enclosed area, it's not going to get in your own eyes at the same time. So that's why I prefer the gel over the spray. But there's a lot of places in the world that those things are illegal, like stun guns are great tools, pepper spray, pepper gel are great tools, but there's many places you, you're not allowed to carry those. So I usually recommend a personal safety alarm for people that live in those areas, which is just like basically a little alarm that you carry around with you. And when you pull the trigger, it's really super loud and it can shock the person or scare them away or just give you a little bit more time to, to get away. Yeah, I've definitely seen some of those. I That's a really good point to think of about using that. With using them, I, my first thought is, well, I'm not going to have time or a chance to use them. So what might be some tips on how you can make sure you get to use them as a way to help protect yourself? Yeah, that's definitely important. Uh, you got to keep them handy. I keep mine on my keychain. Um, I keep one in my car, like in a convenient place, like on my console. Or if I'm going running or something like that, I'll just hold it in my hand with me or put it in my pocket. But you definitely don't want to, you know, just throw it in the bottom of your purse or keep it somewhere where it's not going to be handy because then it's not it's useless at that point. And I always encourage people to at least practice using it a few times so that you can quickly just pull it out and use it effectively. Okay. A little nervous to use the alarm multiple times since that is probably very (laughs) deafening, but definitely a good tip to give it a give it a quick test. Uh, just be prepared with your ears on that one. Yeah, for sure. Are there any other uh, tips when it comes to self-defense tools that people might not know, whether it's maybe some other tools that you like or different um, uses of them that people don't understand? Anything else before we move on to the next topic? Um, I have seen a lot of those cool keychain things that you can put on your uh, keychain where it's, it's almost like a brass knuckle but it looks like, yeah. like cat ears. So yeah. those are, those are pretty nifty too. If you want to carry something a little less lethal, because you know what the thing, when it comes to like a stun gun or pepper spray, you have to keep in mind is there's always the risk of that being used against you, them grabbing it and using it against you. So that's always something to keep in mind as well. Oh gosh, that's so true. And then, okay. So when you do pepper spray someone, my, I, I've obviously never done this. When you do that, is the, is the goal then to just like run away? Like that's like the, the resource that they're going to, you know, put their hands to their eyes to try to like help themselves and then you're, you're free to run or what is the right course of action after you use it? 
Well, you know, it's definitely dependent on the situation and there are several factors that go into that. But it, yes, if you do enough damage that you have that opportunity to run and get somewhere safe, then that's what you should do. You shouldn't stay and, you know, continue to, to fight or try and hit them or anything like that unless you absolutely have to. All right. And then, I mean, it sounds like you're a fan of people having self-defense tools. I've definitely had the thought of like, oh, maybe it's a little dramatic uh, or a little like over-prepared to have these self-defense weapons. Do you do you definitely recommend them instead of, you know, just hoping for the best? I definitely think that everyone should carry a self-defense tool with them. I don't think there's, you know, in this day and age, you can't be too prepared. And um, I don't think it's being overly paranoid at all. And, you know, there's always, if you feel comfortable enough to carry a firearm, that's another option as well. Um, It definitely depends on what area you live in and what the Mm -hmm. laws are when it comes to that. And that's definitely one thing you want to make sure you feel super confident carrying that. But, you know, I definitely recommend everybody carry something that they can use to defend themselves if they absolutely have to. All right. Cool. We got it. All right. So we'll go into kind of some of the techniques now besides the tools. Obviously, our body itself can be a tool. So I'd love to hear what you teach Um, with keeping yourself safe. Before we go into moves, what are some other basic tips for keeping yourself safe when you're alone? Whether, you know, obviously, besides the tools, if there's anything you can do to keep yourself safe or when you are in the middle of uh, maybe about to be attacked or you're being attacked, should you be more like assertive, like attack first, or should you just focus on blocking with defense? What is your advice with just basic keeping yourself safe? The number one thing that I always you know, tell people that they can practice every single day is just being more situationally aware in their, their everyday life. So going through your day and making note of the times where you might be vulnerable, like walking to your car after your shift, if you like to go for runs and hikes by yourself, um, you know, different things like that, or maybe where you should be a little bit more hyper aware of your surroundings and who and what is going on around you, because that's, that's really the key to, to avoiding getting into a situation or prepared and not hesitating if you do get yourself into a situation. Um, You know, I always encourage people if they use headphones, not to use them when they're alone because, you know, they can't use their hearing and they're not exactly sure what's going on. And that's really the number one thing is just being more situationally aware. And yeah, you should be assertive if you ever come into that situation. But I would say more assertive with your words first, you know, being able to speak up and set bounds with your voice and saying, you know, hey, back up. I don't, I'm not going to tolerate this kind of behavior. And then if they don't listen to your words, then continuing to be assertive with, you know, using the self-defense tools and techniques. So you should definitely try to like escalate the situation as much as possible first. But if they start the attack, then, you know, you have every right to, to fight back and being assertive and being aggressive is a huge part of that just being confident in yourself and portraying that through the body language that you use when you go through your everyday life is, is a big thing too. If you, if you walk around and you kind of don't have this confidence to you, then, you know, attackers want victims that, that look like they're not confident and that they're not going to fight back. So if you look like a person that's very assertive and very confident in themselves and paying attention to what's going on around you, they might think twice about attacking you at all. So those are the things that, that you can really apply your life every single day. I love that. That's really good stuff right there. Definitely coming off assertive, confident. You got this. If anybody comes near you, they are going to face the wrath. I like it. Exactly. <laughs> 
what are your thoughts? And this actually just made me think about, you know, how women were, were often taught, like, put your key between your, your knuckles as a, as a tool to, like, feel like you're ready to go. Is that a good idea? Or is that not, that's kind of like false security? What are your thoughts? I think if that's the only option that you have, if that's the only weapon you have, then, then yeah, definitely go for it. I mean, stopping someone with a key, if you're able to do that, will will hurt them and give you an, an opportunity to get away. Um, so if that's all you have available to you, then yeah, go for it. It's better than nothing. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Okay, so let's go back into what it is that you uh, definitely can teach, which is different self-defense techniques. I am under the impression there are different types because, I mean, there's different, obviously, different types of martial arts. Is there a one set one that's for self-defense or you kind of can learn any of them? So there's not one martial art I would say that is, you know, great for self-defense. I usually recommend Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but also some striking. Um, so Muay Thai is really good for that as well because you learn how to kick and you learn how to how to punch and how to knee and how to elbow. Um, but the jiu-jitsu is really good because it teaches you, um, you know, how to control another person. And if you ever find yourself on the ground, it's really useful for um, getting up off of the ground or using different submissions and different holds to control the person. And the, the great thing I love about jujitsu is that it's not based on how strong you are or the size. And, um, you know, it's based more on technique and using leverage and sometimes even using that person's momentum against them, which is why I, I love that about jiu-jitsu because I'm a small person and a lot of females, you know, most females are smaller than men. And so learning that can give them a little more advantage in that situation. Okay. I actually was going to ask if it requires being like in shape and healthy and, uh, you know, a little bit more physically able, but it sounds like if you know the right moves, you know, the right points, anybody can, can use these skills. I mean, you definitely, you know, being in shape, strong is definitely an added advantage and learning jiu-jitsu can help you get into shape and to to be stronger and all those things so that's why I encourage people to to train those things on a regular basis because those things will come together simultaneously yeah it sounds like if you if you need to start getting into shape you might as well do a self-defense course because it's like a two-for-one yeah, you know, and, and that's why I train MMA, because MMA is a combination of all different martial arts. It's not just one set martial art. And I like to pull in my personal training that I teach other people for self-defense. I like to pull techniques, from all the different martial arts that I've learned, like Muay Thai, Jitsu, wrestling, Judo, boxing, all of those things to combine together. Fantastic. Well, I'd love to see if maybe there's a way, I know this is just audio, but to share some of your favorite uh, self-defense skills and techniques, um, what might be one that that's like a, a very common one that you teach? Is there any that you, you would like to share? I teach the palm strikes, like putting yourself in the mirror, throwing different punches um, and using elbows, using knees and using different types of kicks. So those are the most effective strikes that I like to teach. You know, you can try to combine all those strikes together into one. Chances are you're not going to use just one of those things. You'll use a combination of maybe a palm strike, an elbow, and a knee, and a kick. So um, those are my favorite things to teach. And the most important thing when you're doing strikes is to strike with your whole body. So, you know, when, we, when we're throwing palm strikes and punches, we don't want to just use our arms. We want to punch through our whole body, turn our hips, turn our legs, use everything that we've got to those strikes. 
Okay. With when you say the kicks, is it is it definitely like a foot situation? Should you use your knee? Is that better? What what is that? What's the best so way to do it? I like knees for when you're closer to someone. True. Uh, True. But kicks are good if you still have a little bit of distance. So I teach two different types of kicks. So there's an up kick, which is like a soccer kick, and that's great for uh, like a groin strike. And then I also teach uh, a front kick, which is like trying to kick the door open, trying to kick the person away from you, which is utilizing utilizing the bottom of your foot, like the ball of your foot or your heel. Mm, Okay, very cool. Are there any other basic self-defense skills or advice that maybe we haven't touched on yet that you think is really, really helpful? One thing that I would say to remember in any situation is to have a good base. So, you know, how you stand is important because we don't want to get to the ground. That will that will make it a lot harder for us to get away um, and be safe. So having a good solid base with your legs and, you know, spreading your legs a little bit wider, bending the knees, sitting heavy into the hips, into the legs, that can help slow slow down a person trying to like pull you or push you or knock you to the ground. Any, any technique that I teach, that's usually the first step is getting a good base. Oh, I like that. I've actually even heard that just for self-confidence to just like kind of stand like superwoman and just yeah. feel really confident about yourself. So yeah, exactly. like we should be doing that. Um, this made me think of something else actually when let's say you do have a purse right on you and should you like chuck your bag to the side and like start using your body should you just be running should you like what what do you think is like the very first thing you should do if you feel like somebody is on you like at that point like yes you can scream but it might be a little too late maybe they came from behind and you didn't see them coming what do you think is a good idea well if they if all they want is your purse or you know whatever's in your purse I would say just let them have it I wouldn't try to make a big fight about that because it's just at the end of the day and you know your life is not worth your stuff so all those things are replaceable so I would say if it's just your material possessions that they want just give it to them and and don't really try to fight back and if they do want the purse yeah chuck it that way you can avoid you know any sort of violence or any sort of interaction that way and you can get yourself to safety Okay, good. When is it like appropriate to start using like actual self-defense skills? Because I know you had mentioned that, you know, you should try screaming and getting attention or using one of those tools to make the loud noise. You know, I'm sure a lot of people are nervous. Oh, well, if I use self-defense and if like, you know, just to exaggerate a point, like, oh, I might go to court and they might use that against me that I used force on someone back. When can you feel confident that using this is self-defense? Well, it's, you know, every state has different rules and laws about that. I would say, you know, the the safe bet is anytime anyone puts their hands on you in any way that you don't want, that's when you can start using, you know, physical violence for self-defense. If it's just like words being said, you know, I would try to just escalate that situation with your own words and not Mm -hmm. use physical violence if you don't have to. But as soon as, even if they are not, you know, necessarily like hitting you or being violent towards you, if they're just putting their hands on you in a way that is uncomfortable and that you don't want, you have every right to start using self-defense. And I think that, you know, in any sort of situation, you don't have to worry about getting in trouble for things like that, because at the end of the day, that's self-defense. All right. Well, Okay, so let's say they are just using their words, right? Maybe they haven't come up to you, but they're starting to say things that are making you uncomfortable. Should you just ignore it and keep walking away? Should you say anything? Like, uh, 
I'm assuming you should just walk away and just ignore it if you don't think they're coming towards you. Yeah, I mean, you know, the situation varies and it depends on how confident you are in yourself. But I would say that speaking up and saying something is definitely okay to do. Like say, hey, uh, you know, I don't appreciate these comments. I appreciate these words. I would appreciate it if you stopped. And then after that, you know, walk away from the situation, remove yourself from it. But I do encourage people not to just ignore bad behavior and avoid it because that bad behavior will just continue and then they might do it to someone else and it could escalate in the future to something else. So I think it's important for us to be able to set boundaries with our words as well and not just avoid confrontation. Wow. You wouldn't think, you know, coming to an MMA fighter, they'd be like, use your words. I like that. (laughs) It's a a hard skill to learn. But, you know, if we can be assertive with our voice and with our body language and things like that, that can make a huge difference. Very true. All right. Where do you think are the most common everyday places or situations where you might need to consider that that you might need to use safety and uh, protection. I know you said kind of get to know your surroundings and you always see on TV, it's like the back of a grocery store parking lot or like something, some alleyway. What are some other places that you've at least heard or that you, you think are common for people to use these skills? I do hear about a lot of women getting attacked while they're out running by themselves, Um, you know, out hiking by themselves or usually, at nighttime when they're alone, you know, walking home from wherever, from work in parking garages or parking lots, things like that. Um, When you're traveling is an important time if you're traveling alone to be, you know, extra cautious and aware of surroundings. But to be honest with you, the, you know, most of the experiences that people have involving violence comes from people that you already know that are in your life that are not strangers. Um, And so, you know, avoiding allowing people into your life that are just not good for you, that shouldn't be in your life at all. And, you know, removing them from your circle if necessary. So, and just, you know, just being aware of red flags. And that's another area where setting boundaries with your voice and setting boundaries with other people is important. And it's it's a good skill to practice. Wow. Do you mind touching on some of these red flags that we can look out for? Um, yeah. So, you know, there's different types of, of people to look out for, but people that are controlling, people that are uh, energy drainers, people that um, hold you down, people that are rude, people that say things that are uncomfortable, people that um, you know don't respect your boundaries when you set them, people that or do things that make you feel uncomfortable those are all things that you should be aware of is your advice to kind of like just completely cut them out or to like tell them like hey you're making me uncomfortable or like what might be the right thing to do the first step yeah I would talk to them and and try to to work through that with work and then like I said if they don't respect that and they don't respect your boundaries then yeah you should cut them out from your life and just cut it. Cut it off. We don't have room for people like that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Amazing. Well, thank you for attacking these questions that I have. Is there any other tips or techniques or skills or anything that you want to just share But right before I let you close the show with me? Uh, the only thing that I would say is to just make self-defense a regular practice in your life. Um, you know, it's just working out or eating healthy. You can't just do it one time 
for it to be effective, it has to be something that you do on a consistent basis. So just find ways to incorporate into your life on a consistent basis. That's a really good advice and a really great reminder that I have to start eating healthy and exercising more often. (laughs) Right. Well, no cake for breakfast for me. Uh, I won't tell anyone. Okay. Thank you. I'll just do it quietly in my closet then. Um, (laughs) For those who want to learn more skills on self-defense and other tips from you, what is the best way to connect with you? Best way to connect with me is through Instagram and my handle is at Chelsea Cayenne. Um, and I usually respond to all comments and messages on there. So if there's something that you want to know or want to learn, just reach out to me on there. Fantastic. All right. Well, I feel a lot safer after this conversation and I'm sure those tuning in feel the same way. Thank you again, everyone listening. And we will fight through another aspect of life very soon. Bye for now. Thank you. I hope this episode helped. Please subscribe, rate, and review to support the podcast and follow along for more hacks, tips, and failed attempts on Instagram at how did I get this far pod? Well, that's as far as we will get for now. I'm Amanda Ogan. Thanks for listening.